This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, today we are talking about Parashat Bo. And uh, there's an interesting mission I just want to go through with you very quickly. And uh, the mission is in Ediot Perig Bet. And Mishnah Yud, which is number 10. Then it's a continuation of a few Mishnah Yod with Rabbi Kiva. So it's Rabbi Kiva saying these things. Rabbi Kiva is giving us a big chidush. Afu Hayomer. Rabbi Kiva used to say, there were tw- five things that happened over a period of 12 months. Five things happened over a period of 12 months. Well, some of them happened and some of them didn't happen yet, but they're going to happen. Number one, Mishpat Dor Hamabu, the judgment of the, the generation of the flood. The flood took 12 months. So it started in Cheshvan and ended in Cheshvan. And so uh, Noah was stuck on the ark for at least a year. Okay, for 12 months. Number two, Mishpat Iov, the judgment of Iov, the book of Job. We know Iov was, well, had a lot of suffering. The question, why did he suffer so much? Why did the righteous suffer? The Midrash answers, the Midrash says that Pharaoh had three advisors, Bilam, Yitro, and Iov. And Bilam said, kill the Jews. Yitro says, don't kill the Jews. And Eob said nothing. So Bilam, who said kill the Jews, was elevated by Pharaoh. Yitro said, don't kill the Jews, had to run away for his life. And Yitro kept quiet, so Hashem made him scream. How did he make him scream? He gave him these terrible sufferings. And Rabbi Kiva said they lasted for 12 months. The sufferings of Eob lasted for 12 months. Number three, Mishpat HaMitzrim. This is what I want to get to. Mishpat HaMitzrim, Shema Sochodesh. The plagues in Egypt lasted for a period of 12 months. So it doesn't seem long. The period of, this, of the plagues took, took place for 12 months. So the rabbis explained this is a one month for each plague. One month for each plague. And some of these plagues lasted for a week. You know, the blood, the first plague, the river turns blood, it was a week. Some plagues lasted three days. The plague of darkness lasted three days. Some plagues lasted less. So he had a few weeks of warning Pharaoh, warn Pharaoh, don't let the Jews go, let the Jews go, let the Jews go. And then the plague would happen and last for up to a week. We know the plague of the firstborn was only one night. That's it. It was over. So it wasn't actually a week. But uh, so if you take 10 months for the plagues and two months scattered in between till they let them go. So altogether, the 12 months. I just want to read these commentaries over here. Um, This is the Kehati over here. And he says the judgment of the Egyptians were 12 months. And he brings down Seder Olam. They learn it out from a Pasuk. The, the Torah says that when after Moses came to Pharaoh the first time, Pharaoh says, no more straw. You guys go and get your own straw. And it says the people were scattered over the land of Israel, of Egypt, to gather the straw. Ematai hakash sham. When, which month of the year is there straw in the fields? The ER, they were, that was the month of ER. And they left in Nisan. So we know ER and Nisan. Uh, sorry, let's, let's, let's go through the, the years. Nisan, ER. ER is the month after Nisan. And that's when they gathered the straw. And then they left in the following Nisan, which is 12 months later. That's how we learn it out. Okay, so ER is when the straw is in the fields. The ER is the month following Nisan, 
So 12 months later, they left. So that's how we know it took 12 months. So 10 plates was over a period of 12 months. That's how we know that. Number four, this is interesting. Now this hasn't happened yet. Maybe it has happened. Maybe it was this. Hopefully it was the Second World War. The judgment of Gog and Magog will be over a period of 12 months. Okay, so this is a story of uh, which either hasn't happened yet or was the Second World War. Hopefully it was the Second World War because it's going to be a terrible war. This king called Gog is going to make a war with the land of Israel, with Israel in the end of days. And uh, Magog is the name of his place. So Gog is the king. Magog is the name of his country. And Yaskel, the prophet, prophesized terrible prophecy in the war of Gog and Magog. And the punishment will be over 12 months for Gog and Magog. Okay. Um, number, number five. The reason why we say Kaddish for someone for 12 months or less is because the evil people are judged in Gainam in hell for 12 months. Okay, so that's where we learn it from. From the story of Shimon by Yochai, he was hiding, hiding in a cave from the Romans. He comes out, and the Romans let it, uh, you know, the uh, Caesar passed away. And then Hashem says, Go back in your cave. He did something wrong. And he went back in the cave, and he came out for 12 months. He says, Because the wicked are judged in Gainam for 12 months, why should I be in the cave more than 12 months? Okay. So uh, these are five things. We learn over here that the Egyptians, the whole period, of the plagues took place over a period of 12 months and the Jews were freed after 12 months. So maybe they were gathering the straw they were, and then a few months later they, they got the first plague started. So altogether 12 months the Egyptians were punished, 12 months. Okay, I want to talk about tonight a very, very important topic. I think this is the secret of Jewish survival over the centuries with all the troubles we've had through the centuries and it's not talked about enough and that is courage. Courage is something which has kept us alive. Just to be a Jew in this world, what I call this rotten world, because you have all these anti-Semites trying to kill us all the time. A Jew needs courage to survive. A Jew has no courage, they're going to assimilate very fast. A lot of Jews assimilated, they just didn't have the courage to go on. So tonight I'm going to dedicate this class to the Jews who have remained Jews through the centuries. That's all of us who are here and more. And hopefully this will encourage, give people courage to continue to be Jewish and be proudly Jewish wherever, wherever they are in the world. And despite all the anti-Semites around us and the anti-Semites within, the anti-Semites without, and those that hate Israel, and we have to be proud and we have to be courageous. We have to be courageous. Where do we see this in the Torah? Where do we see this idea of courage and Hebrew? Courage is called omits, omits live. The uh, strength of the heart, omits live. We find that Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jewish people, you're going to go into Canaan. Chazak be'emat, be strong and have courage. And he tells Yeshua, be strong and have courage. And Hashem tells Yeshua, be strong and have courage. We need courage. A Jew needs courage. And it's interesting because as far as when a person gets an aliyah, it's the Torah, Everyone tells him, Chazak Baruch, may you be strong and may you be blessed. And he replies, Chazak Vemats, may you be strong and have strength. So courage. So courage is a very, very important ingredient in Jewish survival. That's my topic tonight. Courage. What is courage? 
how do we get courage? How do we survive as Jews in this in this uh, world of enemies, surrounded by enemies? And the answer is, we need to be courageous. We need courage. Hazak ve'ematz, all the Jews out there, hazak ve'ematz, just hang on in there. Mashiach is coming. <laughs> Been saying that for thousands of years. Hang on in there. Mashiach is coming. Be courageous. Hang on in there. Another generation. Another generation. Just hang on in there. And be courageous, Be'ezrat Hashem. We're living in interesting times in this crazy world we're living in. Who would believe this crazy world? Okay, Be'ezrat Hashem, things will get better and we will survive with courage. And Hebrew, omits lev, or heart strength, or, le- or strength of heart. It's a core Jewish midah value. Its core Jewish value is to be courageous. It's the backbone of being spiritual it's the backbone of being ethical and it's the backbone of standing up as a proud Jew is courage we need courage now where do we see this in the Torah the answer is Breshit Genesis Breshit Abraham Avinu audaciously the Midrash tells us confronts Nimrod the king and uh, no less than his father Terach accused Abraham of worshiping this invisible God and destroying these idols. And, they, and his father Terah takes him to Nimrod, the king. And Nimrod says, no, who do you believe in? You believe in this invisible God? Or you believe in the idols? And Abraham says, I believe in the invisible God. Okay, throw him in the fiery furnace. So to have that courage and conviction, which Abraham would be the head, that's courage. He was, he'd rather be thrown in the furnace than uh, for his beliefs. Okay, that was, that was the courage of Abraham Avinu. And he confronted Nimrod and he confronts all the idol worshippers and tries to change their viewpoints. That requires courage. One man against the whole world. Amazing. The courage of Abraham Avinu. He takes on all the idol worshippers. He spreads the knowledge of monotheism, ethical monotheism in the world. And then even argues with Hashem to save Saddam and Gomorrah. That requires a lot of courage. So that is the basis of the courage of the Jew is Abraham Avinu, the courage of Yitzhak Avinu is ready to be sacrificed for God. That's the courage of Yitzhak and Yaakov Avinu when he fights with Esau, he takes a bracha. It's courage to face this Esau, this brother, this bloodthirsty man. And he faced him down and he got away. He, he got the blessings. He gave the blessings back to Esau, did the shuva, and he survived. And Yosef survives being a slave, that's courage. So courage is a hallmark of our forefathers. We have to realize our courage goes back all the way to our forefathers. They were courageous. They took on the world. The word Ivri means from the other side. And he said, because it's, it's one man against the whole world. It's one man going against the flow. A Jew goes against the flow. A Jew goes against the tide of history. A Jew goes against we are Gerim, everywhere we go, we are strangers. We're considered strangers wherever we go. If we're not strangers today, we're going to be strangers tomorrow. Who would believe this anti-Semitism now in America? It's raising its ugly head. And uh, it's freedom of speech. Yeah, freedom of speech. Uh, First Amendment rights. They can say whatever they want. And it's just terrible uh, that the anti-Semitism is raising its head around the world. It's anti-Israel, anti-Semitism, whatever it is. So we have to have courage and we have to be a bit audacious like Abraham Avinu. Stand up for God. Stand up for God. 
And really, this whole story, this is really one of the underlying themes in the Exodus story. This is really one of the, which that's why I'm talking about it, because it's really not talked about. The underlying themes in the Exodus story, Hashem says to Moshe, go and speak to Pharaoh. (laughs) Can you imagine what it's like to go and speak to Pharaoh? I mean, I can't even imagine. How much courage do you need to go and speak to this uh, demi-god? He claims to be a god. He's the god of Egypt. He's he's known as the crocodile of Egypt, the tanin of Egypt, the Nile. He is the god of the Nile. He's the crocodile of the Nile. Uh, I don't know if you've seen these uh, pictures of uh, the gods of Egypt with these crocodile heads, people with crocodile heads. That was Pharaoh. Pharaoh was the god of the Nile, claimed to be the god of the Nile, claimed to be a demi-god. And Moshe Rabbeinu knows what it's like. You, you go and speak to Pharaoh. Pharaoh is surrounded by gods. Pharaoh can kill him any minute. And Hashem says, don't worry. And that's what this week's parasha starts with. Bo el paro. Come to Pharaoh. He doesn't say go to Pharaoh. It's, you know, it's interesting. When it started, Moshe Rabbeinu gets the command, go to Pharaoh. But in this week's parasha, Moshe Rabbeinu says, uh-uh. I'm not going alone. Hashem says, okay, you come with me. I'm going to come with you. You don't have to be scared, but I'm with you. Hashem. <laughs> that is the key to the courage of a Jew. A Jew's courage has to be based on the fact, the idea that we're never alone. That if we're doing the right thing, if we're doing the right thing, a Jew should not be scared of anyone, anything, anywhere, because Hashem is with them. Right? That's that's a very important key. The courage of the Jew is based on knowing whose side we're on, we're on the winning side. Whose side are we on? We're on the greatest being in, in the world, in the universe, uh, the creator of the universe. That's whose side we're on. If we're on his side, he's on our side. And he's right behind us and he's right there with us. And that's a very, very important point. That's what this week's parasha is all about. So last week's parasha is all about is this courage. And where do we see the courage in Egypt? And the answer is it starts with righteous women. It starts with righteous women, the two midwives. Pharaoh tells the midwives in last week's parasha, he says, destroy my children. In parasha Shemot, he says, let the girls survive and kill the boys at birth. Kill the boys at birth. No one's going to know they died. It was an accident, whatever it was. They died at childbirth, stillbirth. They were stillborn. Kill the children, kill the boys at birth, and they disobeyed. It says they feared God. And obviously they feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. There was a beautiful analogy. I think Mr. Choban Nebuchadnezzar says this analogy. There was a person who saw a fox. And he was terrified. He saw a fox. There's a fox right there. And behind the fox, he saw a wolf. And he forgot about the fox. And he starts worrying about the wolf. And then behind the wolf, he sees a tiger. He says, forget the fox and forget the wolf. I'm scared about the tiger now. And behind the tiger, he saw a lion. And he said, forget the fox and the tiger and the wolf. There's a lion right there. The same thing he says. That's how we should be with Hashem. Forget the general and the army and the beat, the king and the, this one and that one, all these anti-Semites around us. Behind everything we see the great God. That's all we see. And that's where the car- that's where a person's courage comes from. That's what it says. It says they feared God. They didn't fear anyone under God. We're not going to fear anyone. Who's Pharaoh compared to God? I fear God. Therefore, that's their courage. That's where, so these two righteous women, Shifra and Pua, Rabbi say they were Yocheved and Miriam, the mother and the sister of Moshe Rabbeinu. 
disobeyed the king, this mighty monarch Pharaoh, they disobeyed. They had the courage to disobey. This whole story of coming out of Egypt is a story of tremendous, you have to understand, tremendous courage goes right through the story. Imagine they defied this. Uh, they, they safely delivered the Hebrew babies. And then Yocheved hides Moshe Rabbeinu in the dragon. The, the guards are coming to look for these babies all over. And she hides the babies three months. And then she puts them in the river. And then this, uh, the courage of Moshe and Aaron to go to, into the lion's den, into the, the lion's mouth, into Pharaoh's private palace. Imagine what courage it takes. Uh, it's interesting. This is, this is very weird because uh, you have to understand the guards had instructions. Don't let these guys in. We have to understand. It's not like uh, Pharaoh welcomes these guys to come in. Moshe and Aaron, yeah, anytime you want. Red carpet treatment. No. Pharaoh's commands are don't let them in. Any guard lets them in, it's, uh, you're going to lose your life. And all of a sudden, they, they just get in. How do they get in? They walk through the walls. For, for Hashem's power. That was the power of Hashem. So that's the courage of Moshe and Aaron just to go to Pharaoh's palace surrounded by the gods. Who knows what else they had over there? They were magic tricks. And we know that we're going to come to this week's parasha. Tremendous courage. We have no idea what it is like to live in Egypt. But if you go to India today, you'll get a glimpse of what it was like to live in Egypt in those days. I don't know if you've ever been to India. Um, I haven't been, uh, not since I was two years old. So <laughs> I can't tell you. But I've seen uh, clips of movies and uh, one of my relatives went back and he, he showed me his clips. And, and idol worship over there is atrocious. Idols everywhere. And they worship everything that moves on animals, animals. They worship elephants. They worship rats and snakes and especially cows. They worship the cow. They worship cows. If you touch a cow in India, cows have got free reign. They're walking all over the streets. And the buses and the cars, they got to try just not to hit them. If they hit the car, the cow is going to be there's going to be a riot. So, so interesting. The Jews in India never ate cow. They never ate meat. They only ate chicken because if you kill a cow in India, you, you know, that's the fight between the Muslims and the Indians. Uh, they just can't stand uh, any cow eaters. You can't eat the cow. The cow is holy. There's a riot to eat the cow. If you show them you're eating meat, there's going to be a riot. The Hindus will riot because that's their God. Now, just put that into Egypt. In Egypt, the sheep were holy. If the Egyptians see you eating a sheep, there's going to be a riot. There's going to be hell to pay. When we see, we're going to talk about that. Okay. So we see courage. Jews are going to offer the sheep. That's one of the critical parts that the last day, imagine the last night in Egypt is barbecue time. The last night in Egypt is a barbecue, sheep barbecue. Uh, it's a night of sheep barbecue, which is the first night of Pesach. The Seder night was a sheep barbecue. That's what it was. So we're going to talk about that. And then we have the crossing of the sea. How can Jews come in? Leaving Egypt to go into a desert with your children, your grandchildren, your wife, your parents, your grandparents. Everyone's going into a desert. How can you survive in a desert? All that courage. Is that courage? Is that foolhardiness or is that just trust in God? That's where courage comes from. 
We trust in God above, and you got to jump. And that's the crossing of the sea. Nachshon ben Aminadav had this tremendous courage. He jumped into the sea, it says, until the water got into his nose. Basically, he was going to go. If Hashem would have, would have opened that sea at that time, he's sure he had the tremendous courage to jump into the sea. So Nachshon ben Aminadav took the lead, plunging into the sea, walking directly into the water until the water split. So we have this, we have to talk about this idea of courage. The secret of Jewish survival is in this week's parasha. And we're going to talk about it, the idea of courage. The courage is mentioned in a few places, especially in the book of Devari, in Deuteronomy. And over there, we really learn courage. And the book over there talks about courage at a few levels. Number one, it talks about, it says, when you go into Canaan, don't be scared of the Canaanites. So even though there's Canaanites over there, they have big armies, the seven nations, Canaanite nations, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jews, don't be scared. And then there's a mitzvah. What is in the realm of the battlefield? The Rambam and the laws of kings. I'm going to quote you this Rambam, laws of kings, chapter 7, halacha 15. Look what he says. He says, once a soldier enters the throes of battle, he should rely on the hope of Israel the savior in times of need. He should realize he is fighting for the sake of the oneness of Hashem's name. Therefore, he should place his soul in his hand, take his life in his hands, and not show fright or fear. He should not worry about his wife or children. On the contrary, he should wipe their memory from his heart, removing all thoughts from his mind except the war. In other words, a soldier in a battle has got to be single-minded. Just all he thinks about is the war. How do I win? How am I going to beat this enemy? That's, ex- that's all. That is the key to winning, is not being scared and just thinking single-mindedly about the war. And then he, he talks about this again in Sefer Mitzvot, in the book of Mitzvot, negative commandment 58. Anyone who begins to feel anxious and worried in the midst of a battle, to the point where he's frightened, he violates a negative commandment. Man, there's, a, there's a negative commandment in the Torah. Not to get scared in a war. As it is written in Deuteronomy, chapter 20, verse 3. Do not be faint-hearted. Do not be afraid. Do not panic and do not break ranks before them. Furthermore, he is responsible for the blood of the entire Jewish nation. If he is not valiant, if he does not wage war properly with all his heart and soul, it is considered as if he shed the blood of the entire people. To be on the losing army is responsible for the blood of the entire people. As it says in, in Deuteronomy chapter 20, let him go home, lest he demoralize the heart of his brethren like his own. Similarly, so cursed is he who behold, withholds his sword from the enemy. Anyway, anyone who, in contrast, the Ramon continues, anyone who fights with his entire heart without fear with the intention of sanctifying God's name, can be assured he will find no harm, nor will bad overtake him. He'll be granted a proper family in Israel and gather merit for himself and his children forever. He will also merit eternal life in the world to come. As the book of Samuel says, Hashem will surely make my Hashem a faithful house for Hashem fights the wars and evil will not be found with you. So a very, very important idea that there's a commandment in the Torah not to be scared. And there's a 
commandment of the Torah, not to retreat before the enemy, not to go backwards. Now, this prohibition is repeated again, do not fear them. The same idea, not to retreat or turn back during battle, is repeated many times. And that, we have to learn, there's a mitzvah of courage in the Torah. There's a mitzvah not to be scared, courage. And uh, we see this in the episode of the spies, a terrible episode, which we had 40 years in the desert because the Jews were scared. The spies came back with a false report. Jews lost their courage and they started crying. We can't get in. And they lost their courage. So you see that loss of courage is a terrible thing. And they refused to take up the battle for conquest of Israel and 40 years more in the desert. And the next generation did it. In the realm of society, there's another kind of courage. The parasha talks about judges and the need to stand up with faith and fearlessness outside all external pressure. They must respond to every case, whether it's a great person or lesser person with the same sense of justice and equality. The, the Torah says in Devarim chapter 1, you shall not favor persons in judgment. You shall hear the small just as you hear the great. You shall not fear any person. For the judgment is Hashem's, and the case that is too difficult for you, bring to me, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I will hear the case. And that's a very important mitzvah. Don't be scared of any person when it comes to justice. The judge is not allowed to be scared of anyone. They've got to judge equitably, it doesn't matter who the person is. You know, sometimes the mafia, they're judging the mafia, and sometimes the mafia kills judges, it happens in Italy. All the time, they kill the judges, and the judge has got to be someone who is uncorruptible and not scared of anyone. It's very hard to be a judge. So when it comes to doing the right thing, don't be scared. That's exactly it. We find in many cases of Torah, King David, Goliath, right? Don't be scared. He's not scared. All the Jews were scared. He was the only one who wasn't scared. As King David says in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Hashem is with me all the time. There are many Psalms that talk about uh, courage. Psalm 91, person scares, just say Psalm 91. Psalm 23, all these are Psalms against fear. They're Psalms of courage from a warrior king, this warrior king who is surrounded by battles, surrounded by enemies, and he's not scared. Why is he not scared? Because he knows Hashem is with him all the time. And we find this right through the whole, the whole book of Kings and the uh, book of Hezekiah when he's talking about uh, the war with Sancheriv and his, uh, his commanders are telling the people, don't be scared. Again, they use the word chazak, be strong and don't be scared. In the Purim story, Queen Esther, can you imagine? must be terrified. And Esther tells Mordechai, no, I can't go to the king now. I'm scared he's going to kill me. He hasn't called me for 30 days. And Mordechai says you don't go now, Hashem is going to save the Jews from another source and you and your father's house are going to be lost. All your sacrifices are going to be lost for nothing. So be courageous and go and save the Jews. You are going to save the Jewish people. So very important. And uh, Abraham and Sarah, we said, and as faith and courage go together to pioneer, to do something new, to take the road less traveled, to venture out in the unknown, lech lecha, go, Go, Hashem says, to venture out in the unknown takes courage. This is what Abraham and Sarah had done when they left their land, their home, their father's house. Like anyone who makes Aliyah to Israel today is following the footsteps of Abraham and following the footsteps of Abraham and Sarah to have the courage and the faith to make it 
to leave one's house, leave one's father's house, leave the homeland and come to Israel. This is what the Israelites did in the days of Moses. When they journeyed into the wilderness, guided only by the pillar of fire, fire and cloud by day and night. Courage runs through the Pesach story like a golden thread. Now, this is, this is the point that we always overlook when we learn the story of Pesach. It's not talked about enough at the center table, this idea of courage to teach our children to be courageous, to be, have courage. To survive as a Jew needs courage. We have to remember that. To survive as a Jew in this uh, weird, weird world we're living in, this, the world of enemies of Jewish people, anti-Semitic world, it needs a tremendous courage. It's there in Egypt where the enslaved Hebrew population stepped up to the oppressors to finally offer the sacred lamb of the Egyptians as a barbecue, which we're going to talk about. It's there in the boldness of Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu, standing up to the most powerful politician and dictator of the day, the illustrious Pharaoh of Egypt. It's there an astonishingly strong band of women refused to accede to the outrageous demands and practices of the dangerous crocodile of the Nile known as Pharaoh. The mother of Moses has a child. Despite these draconian measures he took against the firstborn male children, the sister of Moses Miriam stands by her baby brother on the banks of the river. Despite danger, the daughter of Pharaoh goes against her own father. She also has courage. Bitya also has the courage to adopt this Jewish boy. And just seven days after the Exodus, when caught between the Egyptian devil and the deep Red Sea, there are Israelites like Nashon who show immense faith and courage and go forward into the sea. This is a story of heroism and courage that echoes through the ages right down to the present day. This is what empowers us as Jews. It is what enlightens us as human beings. The courage is an enduring trait planted deep into the Jewish psyche and soul. And, and that's the truth. That's how we survive. And that's why we at least never assimilated because of this courage. Those who assimilated never had the courage to survive because they're Jew. Those who gave in, okay, I can imagine, listen, it's not easy. It's not easy to survive. I, I've lived in, in some not such good areas in London and anti-Semitism is on the streets. It's in the air. You just walk down the street and wait for someone to call you a dirty Jew. I've been beaten as a kid. Uh, all the names, uh, Kippa was thrown off, my yarmulke was thrown off on a bus, on a public bus, transport, uh, everywhere. It's, it's anti-Semitism in certain places. Uh, it's just rampant in, uh, in, in England, just rampant. Uh, maybe not as much now, maybe more now, I don't know. I haven't lived there for many years and I'm not in a rush to go back, believe me. <laughs> so, uh, I, I remember once I was there, uh, my kids went back from America visiting my mother and went to visit the museum. It was a beautiful day. We were sitting outside this, this museum in the middle of London, and this drunk comes up to us, and he says, he reckon he looks at us, and he smells us out. Jews! That's the anti-Semitism. It's, it's there. It's all around. It's all around. Just read the newspapers about people being beaten up in London, and Stamford Hill, in that area. Um, and okay, so that's that's where we need courage. We need courage. We need, people are courageous. They have they, they they identify as Jews. They don't care. They know it's dangerous, and they don't care. And that's the courage that we have. Okay, so courage is a theme that goes right through the Pesach story. Something we don't talk about enough. And just uh, crossing the sea is heroism. That's what keeps us going. That's the courage. 
in the Jewish psyche and the soul, the courage of the oppressed to build a better future for ourselves and our children and become an example of how to build a better world for all humanity. We should be successful in that respect, being a, building a better world. However, courage is not confined to heroes with extraordinary strength. Okay? It's the, every single person has to have courage. What is the courage we all have to have in our lives? Ezra Gibor, who is a mighty person, a person who can control their own urges. The person says, you know what? I can't control my urges. I'm going to give in. Has no courage. So a person needs courage on different levels. We need courage to fix ourselves. We need the courage to fix who we are, our own impulses, control ourselves, and be true to one's authentic self. The story of Egypt, and one of the central purposes of, of Egypt is to reflect on the meaning of courage and find ways of translating it into action. It can mean standing up for our religion, standing up for our community, standing up for our people, standing up for the weak, standing up for the widows and the orphans and all the weak people. And that's a very important this idea of Chazak Be'ematz. It took the faith of Rabbi Yoshua ben Gamla in already the first century CE to build the, first, the world's first ever system of universal compulsory education for all children. Rabbi Yoshua ben Gamla, when the Torah was being forgotten, the Talmud says above Vatra, page 21a, and the faith of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, the Romans destroyed Yerushalayim, and he is rebuilding the Jewish spirit by convening the Sanhedrin in Yavne and renewing Jewish laws and Jewish codes and the Mishnah, and then eventually the Gemara. So in the midst of destruction and despair, these great rabbis showed courage, tremendous courage to rebuild. They can't rebuild physically, they're rebuilding spiritually. So that Judaism is not forgotten. The prophet Zechariah in chapter 4, verse 6 says, Not by might, not by power, only with my spirit, says Hashem. Hashem says, don't worry, it's not by might, not by power. You're going to see it through the spirit, you know, the power of the pen. It's much more powerful than the power of the sword. A person can win the battle, but they're going to lose the war of ideas. Ideas are more powerful. That's the ruhi. That's Hashem says, my spirit is more powerful than other people's might. And here, uh, during the, the time of the prophets, a distinction is made between might and power and courage. Success, it suggests that living by God's spirit is different from might and power. Courage is living by God's spirit, by, by knowing, by having connection to God. That is a source of strength. When a person is, has a uh, connection to Hashem, that is the source of strength at all times. So real courage is having the endurance, persistence, and strength it takes to be faithful and also to be a good person. And the, the amounts of courage are found in the records of ancient Israel are numerous. Barak, Barak and Devorah, Gidon, Iftah, Samson, King Saul, King David. They're all testimonies to physical courage. The Torah also sets a value on moral courage, which is so prominent in the life history of the Jew. To explain the power of resistance shown against 
those who made plans for our destruction. This courage is fostered by confidence and trust in Hashem. Hope in Hashem, be strong. Keep your heart steadfast. Hope in Hashem. Psalm 27. Okay, so important. All these are courage. Keeps the Jew alive. Our courage and our faith in Hashem go together. So the more faith in Hashem, the more courage a Jew has. Through Hashem, we shall do valiantly. Psalms 9. So... Proverbs, fear not you, for I am with you. I will strengthen you. And this goes right to all the, all the prophets. So we have to have courage, and we have to survive. In post-biblical times, the Jew displayed both physical and moral courage by standing for truth and right against the hostile world. Strive for the truth unto death, and for Hashem shall fight for you. In a place where there is no man, the Talmud said in Pirkei Avot, "Makom she'en ish, ishtadel liot ish." In the place where there is no man standing up for truth and justice and what's right, you be the person. You be the person to stand up. So crushed to earth, defeated, driven from their native soil, pining in dungeons, made to furnish murderous sport for the wild beasts of the Colosseum and food for the flames of pyres and stakes. We still refuse to surrender, struggling against terrible odds for national and political independence, for liberty of conscience and for the rights of man. Nothing stirred the Jew to resistance so much as interference in our religious beliefs and practices. So this is, you know, how, how many Jews gave their lives? We have no, no idea, thousands and hundreds of thousands during the Crusades. During the Inquisition, during the you know the Spanish uh, expulsion, how many Jews gave their lives for the religion? Uh, in uh, the Maccabees, right? The Maccabees. Think about the Maccabees. How you know, Hanukkah story that they they're willing to give their lives to fight for freedom of religion. Again, and then against the Romans, uh, Josephus it extols the courage of his fellow believers in facing death for the sake of the Lord. Oh, so much, so much, so much trouble, so much uh, blood through the ages. And yet, we're still here. Baruch Hashem, we are here. Every day we should wake up with Abraham Avinu's response to God. Hashem says, Abraham, Abraham. What does Abraham say? He says, here I am. I'm here at your bidding. Whatever you say, I have the courage for the task. I'll take you up, Hashem. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. And that's how we should wake up as Jews. Every day we should wake up with, Hineni, I'm here, Hashem. Inscribed on our hearts and animated with our souls. Only in this way we ensure that we continue. Okay. And that's courage. We have to continue. We must learn the art of when to listen, when to speak, when to act, when to hold back. Went to sit back to enjoy the calm waters. Okay, so this is Rabbi Israel Salanta, 1809 to 1883. He leaves us with this message of hope. Rabbi Israel Salanta, he says, every person must hold on to and keep precious. Three qualities, three qualities in order to lead and live a life with courage. Number one, not to despair. Number two, not to get angry. Number three, don't expect to finish your task. It's never ending. The task is never ending. 
Courage does not mean one makes an appearance and then hurries out the door. Courage must be cultivated daily. You know, sometimes I wake up in the morning and say, how am I going to learn the whole Torah? It's impossible. And the answer is courage. Just keep on going. Just keep on plugging away what you're doing, every word, every line, every this, everything. Uh, courage to become a better person. Courage must be cultivated daily. It must be cultivated for years before it's even given the chance to blossom. Courage comes from realizing that our role in the universe is unique but limited. Yet it's this limitation allows us to excel beyond our wildest dreams. It allows us to pursue our destiny. And whether we know it or not, courage is the engine that allows us to move forward perpetually with compassion with the knowledge that meaning is found through navigating the tribulations of living a full and active life. So we need courage, Bezrat Hashem, when we read these stories in the Bible about Egypt and Moses and Aaron going to see Pharaoh, we have to realize how much courage it took to do that. We have to realize what was the inspiration for that courage, and the answer is the first word that Moshe, that God spoke to Moses, the sweet parashah come with me to Pharaoh. Hashem is there behind us. Hashem is there with us. And that is the power of our courage. Hashem, we will all our children. We and our children, our children's children. will always know God's name. We will learn the Torah for the sake of God. And we'll continue in our mission in this world. And the courage and our faith will keep us going. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.